You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode eight of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks. And yourself? I have man flu. Ah, okay. No, you can forget the new virus. I've got the old virus. So this is, we're, yeah, we're well and truly back to normal now. It's the start of the school year. And of course, the kids have started bringing things back with them. And I think I've got it. So I'm feeling decidedly sorry for myself. Okay. But we'll see if we can get through. We'll see if we can get through a uh, uh, this week's Toolstation Westernly podcast without me keeling over. Uh, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was all right. Thanks. Um, nothing major. A little... Uh, out for a little bit after I had a birthday last week. Um, last Thursday it was so a few celebrations. Nothing, nothing too uh, over to top. But uh, yeah, um, apart, apart from that, yeah, it was yeah, nice and relaxed. And, yeah. Good. Well, on behalf of the listeners to the Toolstation Western League podcast and indeed the entire Toolstation Western League family, we would, of mm. course, like to wish you, um, you know, many happy returns of the day. Um, another year older, another year wiser, um, which, yes. I mean, under normal circumstances would feel like a bit of a daft thing to say. But given everything we've been through over the last 18 months, it does actually feel like something of an achievement. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent stuff. Happy birthday um, to you. I actually um, I actually went to watch uh, some Shakespeare on Sunday, oh. yeah, I went up to the I went up to Stratford upon Avon to uh, to the Royal Shakespeare Company, and um, they've built a, an outdoor theatre, um, a garden theatre they're calling it, and it was absolutely fantastic. We had an absolutely lovely um, afternoon. There was a matinee performance, but it was possibly one of the most surreal experiences of my life because <laughs> during this um, wonderful uh, rendition of the Comedy of Errors, it was you know really were they were really were on form up at the RSC, um, we had to contend with the Stratford uh, Food Festival. We had, um, there was a, a Vespa bike rally, and they, they went past a good few times, it would be fair to say. And we also had some dragon boat racing on the Avon, oh, wow. um, which was accompanied by drums and a rather loud PA system. And if that wasn't um, all, uh, during the first half of the performance, there was a medical emergency where one of the audience were removed um, from the uh, from the theatre. So quite possibly one of the most incredible experiences, both on and off the stage, that I have ever been to. But anyway, there you go. There's a there's a, a small window into my life. Um, here's a small window into what we're going to be discussing on this week's podcast. And um, we're going to be hearing from George Boone at Cadbury Heath. Uh, they had a good win at the weekend, and as did Almondsbury. Now, of course, I couldn't get Joe White on after they just beaten Devizes because that would be too masochistic even for me. But um, their good form has continued, and I'm pleased to say that Joe will be joining us this week. Um, but we kick off in the Prem, of course. We are looking back at the fixtures on Saturday, the 18th of September, and we start at Bitten. Now, of course, Bitten, our league leaders, been going very well this season, but they take on a Saltash side um, that really promise a great deal. But did they deliver, Tom? Well, they got a point, but um, I think they'll be a bit disappointed. Um not having come away all three. They went ahead on two different occasions and were, were pegged back by their, their visitors. So, um, yeah, probably two points dropped from their point of view, I imagine. Uh, Josh Egan opening the deadlock, uh, breaking the deadlock even after 15 minutes, uh, scoring directly from a corner. Uh, it was then Sam Hughes. Uh, uh, he's Saltash's leading scorer this year, I think. Uh, he, he found found a bit of space to, to level 
for them. Uh, but then Bitten did move back ahead, as I said. Uh, right at the end of the first half, and that was Ben Withy. Uh, I think that was another Egan set piece that uh, teed him. So that made it 2-1 at the break. Uh, but it was Soltash, um, yeah, soon after the interval, so pretty early in the second half. And uh, that was Hughes again, scoring a second. And uh, they managed to hold on. Um, so obviously they've made a pretty decent start as well. I think they're in top six. So, uh, yeah, good point for, for Soltash away at bit, and that, that ended 2-2. Yeah, they, they have made a good start. And to be fair, I think if you'd have offered Dane Bunny a point before that game at the league leaders, he may well have taken it. I mean, I take your point on board, of course, having been in, in head um, a couple of times. It uh, you know can leave a bit of taste in the mouth. But I think coming away with coming away from bitten with anything this season is something of an achievement. So um, so well done, Salt Ash. Um, we will now turn our attention to the other end of the table. Uh, Bridport, they've been having a difficult season, as have Cadbury Heath. Something had to give here. There was a healthy crowd of 101. Uh, who came out on top, Tom? The away side uh, took away the, the victory in this one. That was Cadbury Heath uh, 3-1 victors uh, at Bridport. And that was just, I think, their second league win of the, the campaign. So, yeah, it's not been not been easy going so far, but hopefully a, a sign of things to come for the Heath. Uh, a couple of uh, new names on the score sheet, Jonathan Walker and Mo Jang. But then, uh, uh, yeah, a name we, we, we hear quite a lot when, when Heath go well, Matt Huxley um, generally is a... Uh, he's on target for them, and he was again in this one. So, yeah, good 3-1 win for, for Cadbury Heath away at Bridport. Well, that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with Cadbury Heath. They're not one of the sides we hear a great deal from on the podcast. So I'm really pleased to announce that we hear this week from George Boone, the manager of Cadbury Heath. I started our conversation by congratulating George on that win, a result I'm sure he must have been very proud of. We definitely needed it. Uh, we, we've, been doing, we've been doing OK in some games this season. Competed quite well. Um, and not really got the results that we should have. Um, but yeah, Saturday was a, was, a, was a massive game for us and for Bridport. So um, yeah, delighted to come out with the win. I know it's not been an easy start to the season for you, but do, I mean, do you think that result against Bridport is going to help build confidence amongst your squad? Uh, yeah, I really hope so. I really hope so. I mean, um, pre-season was, was difficult. We've, we've had to rebuild a whole, whole new squad. So trying to gel players together who obviously didn't even know each other. Um, so it's been it has been a, a really difficult start to the season. Um, we've taken a taken a few beatings, quite heavy beatings. Um, but then in a lot of games we've been quite competitive and been in those games, just not taking any points. So I'm really hoping that uh, Saturday's win can uh, hopefully kick, kick start our season. Now, yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of managers on the podcast over the last few weeks talk about how competitive the Premier Division is going to be this season. I mean, it's been competitive in previous seasons, but you know it feels like there's a lot of teams that are going to be. There or thereabouts, come the you know come the end of the season. I mean, is is that how you found it, or have, have you had challenges with other factors? Because I know obviously the virus is still with us, and you know we 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 are well aware of the fact that you know because of the limitations that society has had over the last eighteen months, you know players haven't been able to go on holiday, they haven't been able to see friends and family necessarily. So I mean, have, have you had a variety of factors to deal with? Obviously, pre-season when we took over. Basically, we had about two or three players left from last season, so it was literally building a whole new squad. And then during pre-season, obviously COVID was around for everyone and loads of friendlies being called off, but obviously it didn't help with us having loads of new players as it is, um, trying to gel that squad together. But, uh, but like you said, the league this season is the hardest hardest I've ever known it, for sure. And I know a lot of players <clears throat> said they didn't want to play at this level with all the travelling and being committed. Um so yeah, for me, there's been a lot of factors, and it's been a, it's been a difficult few months. Yeah. 
I mean, let's put the difficulties to one side. Actually, there have been some positives for you. You had two very good draws against Clevedon Town, who we know are very competitive at this level. And, of course, you beat Street already this season. And, again, they're another side you know, that really punches uh, at their weight at this level. So, I mean, the signs have been there that you can compete in the Premier Division this season. Definitely, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> two, two really good games against Clevedon, actually, and the second one, they scored right at the end. Um, to take the win away from us, and yeah, Street, Street, were, Street were a good side, so we did really well to win that game as well. I think we have been competitive against a lot of the teams. We, we Shepton Mallet beat us on the opening game, and then Exmouth uh, eight past us. They were those two games we, was, we weren't competitive, but other games we really have. And I just feel we haven't got many experienced players at this level. Um, like take Matt Huxley and myself out of the squad. Is a very young, inexperienced squad for this standard of football haven't really played many games at this level before so uh, they're all learning week in week out so um, it's going to take time It's going to take time I mean are you required to do sort of major surgery in terms of trying to bring people in or are you confident over the course of the season the development of the players that you've got you know you're going to be able to see some progress Yeah I think we've already seen progress in, in quite a lot of the players we're always trying to trying to bring new faces in to improve if we can improve the squad we're definitely trying to bring a few faces in I mean the, the, the pressure's off this season I think for us we just need to stay in the division and build on it for next season after obviously the whole rebuild and stuff but yeah I think we've already seen a lot of progress it's just been a bit unlucky really with, with the results but I think yeah we are, we're starting to see progress and these young guys we've got a lot of like 19, 20, 21 year olds and they're really going to get better playing at this standard so where would you like to see yourselves at Christmas? I'd like to see us away from away from the bottom, the bottom couple, and hopefully just a bit more mid-table so we can sort of like take the pressure off ourselves a little bit, look it up the table rather than down, get a few more wins under our belt, a few more points on the board so we're sitting a little bit more comfortable. I mean, do you think this evolution you're, you know, you're sort of overseeing at the, at the club means that the second half of the season... That's where you think you've got the chance to kick on. Yeah, I really hope so. I really hope so. I mean, the first, obviously, the first game is on the thirty-first of July, and then in the first month we had twelve games, including one FA Cup game, and like it was just great. Like every midweek, we get injuries. Obviously, players were just tired. Like it was just relentless, and it just I've looked at our fixtures. We haven't got a midweek game now until I think January, so it seems like really calm. It was it was a crazy month for us. So I'm hoping, yeah, in the next couple of months and after Christmas, we can really, really start to kick on, yeah. Well, what what the fixture secretary hasn't organised for you, the uh, the great British weather may well have done. Um, you've played Shepton, Helston, Exmouth and Mousel um, already this season. I mean, from what you've seen so far of them, what do you what do you think? How do you think they'll go this season? Yeah, I think I think they'll all be up. I mean, we were missing a few events. Exmouth, but Exmouth were really, really strong. Really, really competitive. I think a lot of the teams down south are going to be going to be right up there. And um, yeah, we played Shepton as well. And they're, they're doing really well, really, really well. Seeing the LC unbeaten as well. Um, and when we went down to Helston, another really, really strong side, really strong side. Thought we competed well against them, but they're going to be uh, right at the top as well. Now you've got a really interesting game coming up on Friday. It's Longwell Green. I say it's really interesting. Most people will think, why on earth is Cadbury Heath against Longwell Green really interesting? Given that you're in the Premier Division and they're in the First Division. But I mean, you are very, very near neighbours, aren't you? You could literally throw a stone from one ground to the next. It's the FA Vars, but it's a derby. I mean, does the whole blend of that match sort of provide you with, 
a really positive opportunity to sort of build on that um, positive win at the weekend and, and, you know, look ahead to that game, that next game you've got in the league against Wellington on, on October the 2nd. Definitely, definitely. The the local derbies are the best games and, and the FA Vaz is such a great competition. Been lucky over the years at Cabrini, we've had some really good cut runs in the FA Vaz and in the FA Cup. So, the FA, I know what the FA Vaz means and it is really good for... Uh, Clubs are level to uh, try and get really far, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be a really good good game Friday night against Longwell Green. Really good, and then yeah, our next couple of fixtures are. I think we've got <clears throat> Wellington, Millbrook, and Street teams in and around us, so we got got to be looking to pick up some more points. Really, George, thank you ever so much um, for taking the time to speak to us. Obviously, this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you on the Western League podcast. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Cabri Heath dugout? Yeah, so I've. I've been at Cabri for like 10 years now. Um, I was I was at Bitten with uh, Andy Black and then he ended up moving to Cabri Heath. Um, and I went with him with a, quite, quite a few players and then um, a few just a few seasons after that we ended up winning the first division. And apart from a little spell at Bristol Manor Farm for a, few, a couple of seasons back now, I've, yeah, I've been at Cabri ever, ever since. And um, it, just, it just came up in pre-season. The club, the club spoke to me and Matt Huxley about taking the job, obviously uh, Mitch Hobbs uh, stepped away and uh, a lot of the players all left and gone elsewhere and a lot of them didn't want to commit to the travelling. So we sat down and we had a chat and um, I spoke to a few people and I spoke to David Doe who played at Cabra Heath with me many years ago when we won the league, the first division and he was, he's been, he was manager at TV for the Rocks for a few years and he, he wasn't looking to get, he wasn't looking to get back involved for a while but he, uh, he said he, it was a chance he couldn't turn down, so we got him involved as well, and, and then the three of us decided just, yeah, let's get a go. And my thanks to George for his time. Now, we move on to a much closer affair in the Premier Division, and perhaps that's a result that's to be expected, given one of these sides in particular. Buckland Athletic um, entertained Shepton Mallet, and there was only one goal in this one, Tom. Yeah, indeed, very tight. And, uh, yeah, it's Shepton Mallet who, uh, yeah... Um, gained the 1-0 win uh, and that is now amazingly uh, I think people might have come across this but that is their 8th for the clean sheet uh, from 9 league fixtures so far so that is a remarkable effort isn't it uh, at one end of the, the, the pitch uh, but a 1-0 win away at Buckland in this one as I say com- um, remarkable defensive effort continues really and it was the one goal pretty late on Andy Martin uh, it was a long range free kick uh, about 15 minutes from time and I think once they go ahead they probably feel pretty confident these days that they're going to hold on and, and win and that was uh, yeah that was how it played out again so one nil win for, for Mallet away at Buckland Yeah congratulations Sheps and of course I saw them earlier in the season against Melksham where they uh, they kept a clean sheet there as well and I do think they've got Gandalf at the back this season he seems to be doing a remarkably good job um, but um, yeah congratulations to the Mallet uh, and we move on to Clevedon Clevedon Town and they took on near rivals Bridgewater, 123 at this game. Bridgewater, of course, have been going well this season. Clevedon have had a f- funny few results, I think it would be fair to say. But uh, the home t- home side was certainly on song for this one. They were, yeah, good 2 0 win uh, for for Clevedon here. Sid Camper um, played a played a pivotal role again. Um, he was uh, he was yeah on target for the opener um, just after. Uh, just before half time, sorry, uh, put them ahead. So it was pretty tight up until then. Uh, but Campers opener, yeah, put them put them in front, and uh, yeah, from there they, they did manage to hold out. And there was a, a 20 minutes from time uh, they added to their tally. It was Alex Cam got a penalty, uh, and he sent the keeper the wrong way with his spot kick. So uh, a 2-0 win for for Cleveland at home to Bridgewater. 
uh, our final uh, match in the Premier Division takes us all down to the, the tip of Cornwall. We go to Mausel, where the visitors were street. Yeah, they were blown away a little bit in this one. Uh, a really good, strong uh, first half from Mausel. Uh, put them on track for the 4-1 win Sorry, uh, over street. Uh, Mark Goldsworthy, he scored twice before the, before the break. And there was also a goal from Joshua McGinn. I think they were so 3-0 uh, up at the interval. Uh, in pretty much in control. Uh, Street did pull a pull a goal back 20 minutes from time, but it was Mausel who who wrapped up the victory uh, pretty late on. Uh, Jamie Devine scoring there for so a good good home win for for Mausel over Street. A you divine see. performance there. Absolutely. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, Dewalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Uh, right then, anyway, let's move into the first division and uh, we'll kick things off at Almondsbury, where the visitors were Gillingham Town. Yeah, and uh, a good come-from-behind victory for, for, for the Almonds in this one. So, as I say, yeah, Gillingham going in front uh, before then Sam Taylor, he levelled the scores uh, for the home side. Uh, and then there was a couple of goals from Isaac Flynn and Andy Williams uh, early in the second half, uh, putting put in the, put in, uh, put in the, put them in control. Uh, and from there, they uh, did manage to hold out. Uh, the Gills did manage to, to reduce the deficit and were, were given a penalty pretty late on. So it was, it was done the hard way from Almondsbury. Uh, but Neil DeLucia... Uh, he made a made a pretty smart save from the spot kick. I think there is footage on on social media. I think I called it on the weekend, and uh, yeah, so he managed to to maintain their lead. And uh, yeah, then it was up to Joe White added a fourth pretty late on, on uh, quite soon after the the spot kicking back. So uh, yeah, quite a turning point. And uh, yeah, Almondsbury managed to run out four two victors. Excellent. Now, um, Joe White's been a good friend to the podcast over the last few seasons, so I was delighted to get him back. And I started off by congratulating him on that win. Gillingham as I think they're sort of uh, hovering around there in mid table and they've they've won a few games, drawn a few, lost a few. So that they on their day, I think they can give anyone a game as as can a lot of teams in this league. Uh, it appears this season and uh, yeah, we had to we had to work hard for the victory and it was um, to be fair, it was thoroughly deserved by our boys. But we had a few. Uh, I mean, obviously we had a penalty saved, um, so <laughs> we went three one up and then they got it back to three two. And uh, and then our goalie saved a penalty, so that 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 was obviously a key moment. And then we went on and uh, and scored the fourth to sort of comfortably see it out. So, uh, but yeah, like, like like we were just talking before we came on air, I think it seems a lot of a lot of teams this year are um, very competitive, and a lot of games are decided on sort of small margins, and a lot of games are on a knife edge until decisive moments, sort of which lead teams on to sort of get a, a victory or not. So when we last spoke, you were at Longwell Green. Yeah, now you're at Almondsbury. I mean, when you look back on the start that you've had this season, how ha- how happy are you with the way things have gone? Yeah, it, it's been it's been tough to be fair. Um, it's obviously, whenever you take over a new a new side and sort of try and implement your ideas, and obviously you've got to go through that sort of forming stage and, and meeting the players and um, get to know how the club works and, and things like that. Uh, so it's been, it's been challenging. I think we had eight games in August, as did a lot of teams, to be fair. Um, and we were sort of hit. I think every game, I was looking back through my sort of records that I keep, every game we've had four or five players missing throughout August, uh, either through sort of holiday or just 
missing injury unavailability and, and things like that. I think obviously coming out of COVID, a lot of lads are where I called August the festival month. Every weekend, <laughs> several different players at festivals, which which doesn't help, um, obviously, in preparations for trying to, to, to put a sort of cohesive team together and, and, and try to build a bit of a similar team most weeks and try and get a run of games for that. And that, that, that has been proven tricky uh, in August. But, yeah, on a positive note, we obviously picked up a few victories now, uh, and there's no surprise, I think, I mean, out of August now, and that sort of holiday season, as I was saying, we've we've gone on to get a couple of good victories, and we look a, a lot more competitive now. We've got one, two players back in the fold, and we've made a few additions from uh, <clears throat> we sort of bring brought in some young lads, which is the sort of market of player we're in for sort of young lads that want to try and prove themselves at this level. Um, and to be fair, they've come in and worked their socks off, and uh, yeah, so onwards and upwards, hopefully. Um, as we progress through these these next few months. Well, how was your pre-season? Because obviously, given that this was your, you know, you, you just joined the club, I imagine a pre-season yeah. this time round is more important than normal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it was very disjointed, again, through through sort of people being away and, and things like that. And obviously, we're just coming off the back of COVID, weren't we? So it was it was tough to always get good numbers at training sessions, Um so, so that was challenging, um, and I think as much. Sometimes I feel at this level you can't necessarily improve players' fitness levels that much. Obviously, I haven't played at this level and higher for a long time. I think that the good, the decent players and the consistent players at this level sort of they do they do their little bit away from football in terms of keeping their sort of fitness up. They perhaps go for a run once or twice a week on their own, or go to the gym or things like that. Because you probably only train <coughs> once a week. I, I think. The, the main thing about pre-season and training at this level is to actually get the bunch of lads together and start building a bit of team spirit. So I, I don't think you can overly improve their fitness levels, but you can work on a few things and actually start to build that camaraderie, if, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I mean, the other thing about coming in this season fresh was, you know, the targets that the, that the, the club had set for you. I mean, maybe you'd set some for yourself, but what's a good season for Almondsbury this year? Yeah, I think uh, obviously Neil, having taken over from Neil Bailey, the previous manager, um, he was a bit of a stalwart of the club. He, he played sort of, I think it was over four or five hundred games for the club over the last sort of fifteen to twenty years that he's been involved with Almondsbury, and then he sort of managed them and been player manager for the last four or five years, and, and, and has done a cracking job with them. Really, and I think they've stabilised. They've always sort of perhaps been a sort of mid-table or just below mid-table team uh, in this league. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, Mike Blessing, the chairman, obviously. Once I took the job, he's, he's been great, really, with his um, understanding and, uh, and appreciation of how difficult it is to sort of um, uh, put a team together and sustain uh, a successful team at this level, especially when you're operating with literally no. Plans. So I think the, the target. I mean, <laughs> from my point of view, I just uh, any coach or manager would probably tell you the same thing. I, I, I want to win every game. You know, you, you, I don't think you ever go into a game, um, or if you do, thinking that, oh, God, we're probably going to get beat today. I don't think that's the right mindset to go in with. Obviously, you know if you're playing a stronger team or a slightly lesser team, you know, you, you've got to, you know that one game might be more difficult than the other. But certainly, I, I go into every game with the aim to try and get three points. That's what I think every coach and manager should be uh, going into a football game thinking. And obviously, that doesn't always, doesn't always pan out. Um, so as far as 
my personal goals for this season. Like I said, I just want to try and finish as high up the league as we can. And um, for, from my point of view, I think Mike Blessing, from the chairman's point of view, and, and the people who in and around the club, I think they just they've been very supportive and they understand that there's going to be a little bit of a transition process uh, from uh, the sort of. Con- had a little bit over the last several years and he's very understanding with that he, to be honest with you he's, he's not put any demands or pressures on you have to finish here or you have to finish there or, or anything like that we've not really spoke about that I think he's more interested in the sort of gradual progress of the club and and, and, and how we move things forward just trying to get young players in cement them into the first team and, and, and help them improve and push on really now, I, I mean, you've talked a bit about the, you know, the, the challenges you've had in the, in the opening sort of weeks of the season, but um, obviously you picked up that first win against Devizes, and that does seem to have been something of a catalyst to sort of power you on. I mean, how much good did that do your your side's confidence? Yeah, no, obviously I apologise. I know Devizes is your team, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I apologise for that victory. Um, yeah, it was it was it was huge for us. Obviously, I think. Um, in any league campaign, any any team in the world, any league that you play in, obviously you want to try and get it sooner rather than later. And sometimes the longer it lingers, um, maybe a little bit of self-doubt with the players and lacking a little bit of confidence can creep in. If you sort of look through a lot of our fixtures throughout August, a lot of the time we've lost games by the odd goal, um, which from my point of view is, is really, really pleasing because if you're getting thumped 4, 5, 6 nil every week, then obviously... You've probably got a lot of problems, but actually, if you look at a lot of our first games, sort of narrowly losing one nil, two one, one nil, and, and these sort of score lines, um, I, I, I think I, I took a lot of confidence from that. Really, and I knew that the players would, once we got one or two back fit and back from holidays and things like that, and just trying to incorporate some of the these young lads as well that we've managed to recruit. I, I, I knew it was going to be only a matter of time before we did uh, start to you know get results and. And now sort of September has sort of seen that come to fruition, really. So, you've played 11 games so far. Um, what do you make sure. of the standard of opposition in the First Division this season? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's very competitive, Ian. Um, and I, I, spoke to, I spoke to a lot of people about this. And I, to be honest with you, um, the current manager at Longwell Green, Chris Orway, who I could get on really well with, um, we spoke about this a lot as well in, in previous conversations that I've had with him about... The standard between this league and sometimes the league above, sometimes it's harder, I've found, to get results in this league for whatever reason. Um, it just seems to be ever so competitive. There's lots of lots of teams in and around the Bristol area, you know, lots of players who know each other, lots of sort of... And a lot of the games um, are sort of on a knife edge, um, it seems to me, and very competitive. And small margins seem to be um, deciding games. And I've been to watch one or two other games that I've when, when we haven't had a game as well, so I think I think it's a very competitive division. Obviously, there's 21 teams in it, so it's a it's a long old season as well. And yeah, I, I've been impressed really with the as far as obviously Welton are, are sort of flying at the moment, aren't they? And Sherborne have, have, have been smashing goals past everyone with their who've got a huge plus 22 goal difference. Um, so so they look like they're sort of going to be up near up in and around it. But I think. It's difficult to say who the top five or six teams would be, I think, because um, I think everyone on their day can beat anyone. Well, you mentioned Sherbourne there, and you've got them next up. You've got a week off, or a weekend off, and then... Um, That's and right. 
then you've got Sherbourne away. So um, that is going to be a real test for you, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's one of the longest journeys as well. It's about hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45 minutes from where we are. And um, I've played there a few times before. It's a bit of a huge pitch. Um, and uh, like I say, they've been smashing goals past people for fun. I think they've only played nine games as well. They're, they got games in hand, which is quite remarkable as well. So, yeah, it's, in a couple of weeks, we'll be gearing ourselves up for that. And obviously, it's a bit of a into the Lions Den game for us you know if we can I think if anyone goes there and gets any sort of result whether that be a win or a draw down there this year then they've probably done pretty well so um, but you know I think from our point of view uh, confidence is much higher now we've, we've managed to get a few results on the board and um, we've looked competitive in lots of games as it were anyway and um, yeah there's no reason why we won't be going down there with bags of confidence and give it our all and see what can happen Excellent stuff. Now, I have to say, Joe, that watching football on the side of a motorway has to be one of the most surreal experiences I think I've ever had. Um, but, but I'm really pleased you mentioned earlier in this interview, Mike Blessing, because the hospitality that I had the time that I came to, to watch football at Almondsbury really was absolutely second to none. It's a wonderful club, and I really wish that um, you know more people would come would come and watch you. So, I mean, you know, hopefully following this interview, we can get a few more people um, to come and um, to come and see your games. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the facilities are excellent. Um, I, certainly one of the things that attracted me to the club is that in terms of our league, it, I feel that it's one of the better sort of grass pitches in our league. Uh, we've got a nice big pitch. Um, like I say, the chairman of the committee are really supportive. Uh, and we've got a fantastic clubhouse as well, um, which is a really good social area for our reserves. Uh, sorry, for our first team and our reserves, and uh, we've got a ladies' team as well. So there is quite a good social hub there, and um, we're in good location as well. It's, it's quite a good draw in terms of, I say, although we're not operating with a playing budget, we I think it's quite a, an attractive club for for, for the, the location in, in that sort of central area, easy access. So yeah, it's, it's all positive, and I've I've really enjoyed it so far. And um, yeah, long may it continue. And my thanks to Joe for his time. Now we move on to the Theatre of Cheese, where the, I think we described this one, didn't we, last week, as the um, irresistible force meets the immovable object. Um, Sherbourne Town were the visitors, and, um, well, their extraordinary start to this season continues. Yeah, it did. Uh, a 3-1 win uh, down there for Sherbourne. Pretty, yeah, really good showing, isn't it? Uh, the Zebras coming out firing in the second half there. I think it was a, a goalless first half. Uh, but yeah, then uh, two goals within the space of five minutes at the start of the second half uh, from Declan Cornish and Ollie Hebbard put them in, put them in command. Um, Cornish then added a third, uh, ten minutes from time before a late consolation from Jamie Laird um, managed to to get get Cheddar, get Cheddar on target. But uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be for them, and it was a uh, yeah Sherborne who ran out three one victors. Now our next feature game in the first division is a ten goal thriller between Wells City and Lebec. But who came out on top, Tom? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, five all <laughs> draw. Uh, one week after we had another one, so a bit like London buses. You don't see many five all. See, I think it was the Premier Division last week. I think was that Helston and Canesham. Uh, yes, so, what a game uh, yeah. that was. Yeah. <laughs> Followed up uh, a week later by Wells and Lebec. Uh, same, same scoreline. Ten goal thriller down there at the Athletic Ground. Um, yeah, and they're actually really, yeah, really close uh, in the table. Really, really similar records. So yeah, couldn't be split. Uh, Craig Herrod. Um, he was, uh, yeah, pretty pretty strong in the early stages for Wells. Opened the scoring before then crossing for Charlie Crook to make it 2-0. Uh, 
uh, to the home side. Uh, Zach Young uh, then scoring for, for the visitors uh, before Harvey had drill. Um, yeah, unleashed a pretty pretty fearsome strike from long range to, to restore Wells' two-goal advantage. Uh, Sheldon Sawyers and Rick Davis kept Lebeck in touch, uh, but it was uh, yeah 5-3 at the break. Adam Wright and then Crook again, uh, putting Wells, as I say, 5-3 up at the interval. And, you know, I know it's only a two-goal lead, but... But when you're scoring five in the first half, you probably hope to, uh, yeah, hope to, hope to, if not hold on, then push on and, and add to your tally. But that wasn't to be, and it was Lebeck who fought back admirably after the break. Uh, further goals from Young, uh, and then uh, Raphael Bajang uh, scoring the tenth and final goal. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, uh, the the points were shared uh, in, in in the end. Uh, Wells five, Lebeck five. Outstanding. And our final feature game on this week's podcast is Winkenton Town versus AEK Bocco. But the only question I've got for you, Tom, is which one of these sides was at the races? <laughs> it was Winkenton, you'll be, you'll be happy to know. Uh, and they also, like Wales and Lebec, scored five, but uh, they only let in one. So, uh, yeah, they ran out ran out big winners. Uh, Connor Williams scoring twice. Uh, there was also goals from Toby Dalton, Cole and Gary Chapman. I think there was an own goal as well in there. Uh, but obviously, Bocco, yeah, they're doing uh, doing pretty well, aren't they? So this will be a uh, yeah, pretty pretty heavy defeat for them. Yeah, but uh, a good good afternoon for for Wincanton. They definitely needed it. So uh, yeah, five uh, one winners over Bocco. Uh, we turn our attention then to um, the fixtures on Saturday, the 25th of September. There is a long, uh, there is a FA Vars second qualifying round game on Friday. That's Longwell Green. Uh, against uh, Cadbury Heath. We'll have a quick look at the FA Vars fixtures in a moment, but we'll start off with life in the Premier Division. We've got four fixtures. Tom, which one's caught your eye? I've gone for the uh, the, the two Devon sides who meet uh, Exmouth and Ilford Coombe, both, both winning last weekend, so uh, bringing a little bit of confidence into this one. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, Ilford Coombe, I don't think they've played quite as many as some of the other sides, potentially. So, uh, yeah, not, not saying their league position lying, but, uh, yeah, I think they can certainly... Push up that table a little bit in Exmouth, likewise. They seem to seem to have hit a pretty good patch of form. So hopefully, uh, yeah, two good sides meeting there. Excellent stuff. And in the first division, um, we've again only got four games um, going on. But which um, which tyres caught your eye there? Um, out of all of the moment for the Radstock Lebec. So obviously we've just touched on Lebec scoring five. So obviously they're uh, coming coming. I think the way they they did it, sort of when you're behind in one of those games, it's yeah, it's probably. Gives you a bit, bit, bit more confidence, doesn't it, when you, when you can, uh, you know, grind out a result like that, uh, and go into Radstock, who, yeah, another side who, who aren't shy of scoring at the moment. So two middling sides, probably looking for, for a win to push up the table a little bit. So it should be a, a decent, decent encounter, I think. Well, if if I was going to a game on Saturday, and I don't think I am, but if I was, then I think I, I might be tempted by the away trip to AEK Bocco, not least because they um, uh, they got some pretty big gates. I'm really hoping to get them on the podcast soon as well. Um, but they entertain Devizes Town. Now, why on earth would um, would I be volunteering a game for Devizes Town? Because, of course, it has been a pretty turrid start to the season. Well, there's some breaking news from Nursted Road, Tom. And that is that um, um, this week, Devizes have announced um, a new um, management partnership. Trevor Rawlings and Alex Blake will take over um, at Nursted Road. And, uh, uh, of course, um, well, regular listeners to the podcast will remember Trevor um, in a few appearances he made when he was involved with Carn Town. So a man who knows the, the Tool Station Western League very well. And, uh, and I think that uh, everybody at the club is, um, is hoping for a new dawn uh, in what has been a pretty difficult um, last couple of years, both on and off the pitch. So um, just thought I'd, I'd, I just thought I'd abuse my position 
just to shoehorn that one in. Um, we have got FA VAR's second qualifying round action. There are um, inevitably a few um, West, all Western League um, ties, but um, um, uh, we have got a few games where our sides aren't um, coming up against each other. Bitten uh, entertained Cheltenham Saracens. Street are away to Bovey Tracy. Odd down take on Western former Western League um, Bradford Town. Um, telephones are at home to former Western League side Chipping Sodbury. Cheddar travel to Camelford. Helston travel to Elmore. Oldland Abertonians travel to Eversley in California. So um, it's a lovely, it's such a lovely place, isn't it, anyway? Um, well, City travel to Ivy Bridge. Canesham entertain Long Crendon. Portis header at home to uh, Royal Wootton Bassett. Saltash um, entertain um, Bodmin Town. Titherington travel to Shearwater and Sherbourne go to Bemerton Heath whilst Bishop Sutton go to Wendron. There are a few all-tool station affairs as well, but those are the ones that sort of catch the eye in terms of our sides playing names that you don't necessarily come up against very often, such as Eversley and California. Anyway, there we go. We have, of course, been reviewing your excellent bulletin, Tom. Uh, Where can the listeners find that? That's on the Toolstation Western League uh, website. It's about halfway down the homepage, I think. Yeah, you can download it uh, or, yeah, read it to you. Yeah, whenever whenever you like, really. It comes out usually on a Sunday, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, recapping what's happened and, and potentially looking ahead to what's to come. Well, I can add a little bit more breaking news there uh-huh. because not only can you view it on the website, you can now subscribe to it on oh. our website. If you want that deposited in your inbox as soon as Tom has put his quill down, then um, uh-huh. please visit to uh, visit the web- the Westerly website and um, leave us your um, email address that you'll see the box clearly shown in the in the bulletin area and uh, we will send that to you every single week uh, the other thing of course we do every week is the tool station westerly podcast so from tom and myself for this week uh, thank you for your time and we look forward to speaking to you next week on the tool station westerly podcast